Live from Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Welcome to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome to it on a Wednesday, on a Tuesday. I I appreciate you guys hanging out with us um, for the Ticket Weeknights. And of course, we kind of hinted. We've got a special guest tonight, so we'll do that. 402. 464-5685, 464-5685, Sarder Heyman text line, Honda Lincoln hotline. If you want to add to the conversation, you want to get questions, you got comments, have at it. Hit us with a what's up. Say what's up, DP. What's up, Sam? What's up, special guest? And we will include you in the conversation. The Sarder Heyman live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter live. So you can see in studio. And, oh, yeah, this is probably one that you want to be on the video stream. If you can't, jump on the app. The app is good for you. YouTube, Facebook, and otherwise you can do what we do. Um, let's bring in. Hey, Sam, how, you, how, how are you today, man? You, you've been busy you? today. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, before we get too deep with, and introduce the guests, what it, what, explain this thing, these things are on your feet because I'm, I'm, I have bad feet, so I'm a foot dude. I'm a shoe guy. What, is, what are you wearing? I have, I don't know the exact name of them, but they're, they're like slides that you wear after like working out. And they basically, like, they realign your body to where you'll take less stress off parts like your back that won't get hurt and just good for recovery in general. I just, first of all, I try not to, to have voice envy, but you keep doing this. Like, I forget every week I feel good about my voice, and then you walk in and all of a sudden I'm like, man, I didn't win the lottery. Like, what is what is happening here? Like, this is crazy. Like, you get this all the time, right? Come on. I get it sometimes. More okay. These, these situations. Oh, my goodness. Well, would you please introduce our special guest, kind sir? Well, he's, you're kind of overhyping it, but here's my special <laughs> guest. Uh, Fred Hoiberg, my father. I can't. Wait, <laughs> overhyping it? Ouch. How joke. else do you? I'm sorry. How else do this? Like, so when your mom was in, you talked about the, the, the humor and the comedy within the family. I, I now believe you. I now fully believe you because that was a uh, that was a sniper shot, uh, Coach. Thanks for doing this. How are you? Thank you for having me. This is really weird. I'm getting interviewed <laughs> by my kids in the video show, but yeah, very very happy to be here. I look today and do you I, want me to hit this man's music? I think so because there's several things that we're going to talk about that are just not basketball related. They're just not. Um, I am such a, a, a Fred Hoberg fan, but it comes from him away from the game. And I have to bring this in, and I've talked to you about it, but I haven't talked to him about it. How co- I feel slighted. How come Nebraska basketball and Nebraska athletics didn't get velour suit coach Hoiberg? <laughs> How come? Look. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> hey, Jamie, this is the – can I tell you how, how, how much I fanboy <laughs> over this? We play it during postgame shows. You know, you're talking about the, the Infinity Coaches Challenge. Yes! Yeah, so let, I'll just let me walk you through that the whole oh, day. So I, I get kind of roped into doing this Infinity Coaches Challenge, and I go out, we fly into Detroit, and we did it at uh, the Ford Theater is where we did it. So I walk in, and they give me this red velour suit, so this will be your outfit for the day. So then a guy comes in, and I believe his name was – I think they called him Socks. Socks or shoot. I, anyway, I can't Fair remember. enough. So it was Jamie Dixon who was coaching a pit at the time. It was Fran McCaffrey from Iowa, and it was me. So they take me to this room, and they hook me up with this guy who was my choreographer for the day. So I was in there for about two and a half hours, and he was teaching me how to dance. 
if you call it a call it a dance. So I get in there and I'm in my velour sweatsuit and I am sweating my ass. That off. is I the mean, real I, play. Oh that... man, I was sweating and I walk out of there and Fran McCaffrey and Jamie Dixon are in the other room drinking coffee and eating donuts. And here I am doing sweating. work. Sweating. So yeah, so I, I was the only one in the commercial that danced. But yeah, then it it it's the suit and then Sam and I we we talked about the headband. And I was like, okay, first of all, Sam needs to market a headband. Like, that needs to be a thing that goes immediately. But I'm like, yeah, but that's the family tradition. Like, they, he, he really, like, I'm like, his dad wore the headband. Yeah. I, I wore a headband one, one game in my, in, my, uh, in my career for NBA. We went out. It was an afternoon game. I believe it was in Boston. And we went out, and the whole team had headbands on, and I played horribly. So. <laughs> See, you <laughs> learn. Yeah, 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 you learn right away. Okay. Yeah, until the dance, that was the next time I actually wore a headband. I and and it's not just the velour dance. It, there's also the locker room video. Oh yeah, which yeah. I give way more cool points to, because you pulled that off smoothly. Like there was no, hey, I need to pause. I need to think about this. We call it athletic arrogance, and <laughs> you went into your dance move. Well, so we had we, we actually played in San Antonio, and we played UNC Central in the first game, who had a really good team, uh, very well coached, and uh, ended up having – it was a tight game at halftime. We pulled away. Uh, George Niang scored 27 points, and 10 of those at the end of the game on a broken foot, which turned out to be a broken foot. So I'm doing my post-game interview with Craig Sager, late Craig Sager, great guy. Loved him. Um, awesome guy. So anyway – as right before we went on to do the interview, our trainer walked up and said, just finish the x-ray, it's broken. And you talk about just heart sunk. No. You know, he was playing as well as anybody in the country at that time. So didn't have George, uh, played Carolina in the second game. We ended up winning. DeAndre Kane made a layup at the buzzer to beat North Carolina. So what popped into my head as I got in the locker room with the celebration is I got up my phone, and then the next round in the Sweet 16 was in Madison Square Garden. So I played – Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z, and that's what popped into my head and did my little – yeah, it just got the rhythm into me going. I, look, look, it's just like for me, being around coaches, the thing that identifies me with a coach that truly is connected is that he's willing to do a thing like that that makes his players smile. Well, and I texted my daughter, and I said, I'm sorry. I said, this, <laughs> I this, this might advance. be a national TV. <laughs> Apologize <laughs> in advance yeah, yeah. for how this works. So – Seriously, uh, is there a dance in the future? Oh, um, just one. Just I hope so. I'll just say this. one. I, I, I really hope so, DP. Yes, yeah. I, I really hope that there there is one. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll we'll, we'll get in that now. Sam, are you going to be the choreographer? Or are you? Uh, absolutely not. Not no. the not the best dancer in the family. No, I wouldn't give. I'll give that to him or Jack. I haven't seen him dance enough. Just the clips, but we'll Jack, give it to Jack. Jack I, you know that my my again my, my best dance was two and a half hours of choreography. And it took about twenty takes to get it because the thing about it, I had to go out in this Ford theater and there was like five hundred students out there. Yeah, I mean, you talk about pressure. I mean, I can make a free throw in front of, you know. 15 million people yeah yeah just that one well nbc but now yeah to dance rico and i will offer choreography okay like we think we can handle that for you um you won't be able to get rid of him <laughs> um he may <laughs> require a jersey. all of a sudden thrown in here he That's may require mean. a jersey in order to do it but i think you could get him for... i don't you, okay yeah why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought that's how that was gonna work whatever um it it's friday night is big and it always, opening nights are always big, but for different reasons for different people. 
Sam, I'll start with you because you've been in a mental transition. Like, I need to change my place in this program. For you, what does Friday night mean to you? What does opening night mean to you? I mean, honestly, it doesn't change too much for me just because I've been kind of like mentally transitioning the whole from the start of the summer. And I'm just like mainly just excitement for this year because I think it's going to be such a fun year with all these new guys and all the changes. So it's more basically just getting more excited for the start of the actual season. Coach, I mean, the, the work's been done, as you said, there's just blocks of time that you've been building and building into this thing. It's like going through labor. You're, you've nine months of a thing, and then you just show it to the world for the first time in whatever form it is. Yeah, and, and we're changing the format this year, so it's basically going to be like an open practice, and we'll get about 30 minutes. And, you know, what it kind of turned into last year really turned into a you know, a bad all-star game, mm-hmm. and it turned into a one-on-one fest, and Kese is actually pretty entertaining. Just yeah. for those yeah, final three possessions, yeah, right? Yeah, if we right. didn't have Kese, it wouldn't have been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it just kind of turned into – so I wanted to kind of show our fans what this group is all about and, you know, how well they communicate with each other, uh, just how hard that they play. Uh, we won't do a ton of live, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get out there and I think show – what this group is all about, and, and that's what I'm excited for. It's really, you know, when you have as much time as we've had, this goes back to June when we really kind of put this group together, and we get four weeks with the first summer session, uh, which I believe started on June 8th, and then you get that month, uh, four hours a week, and really that was what that we dedicated that time to was weight room with Kurt, so they had four hours with Kurt, and then it was really split into four small groups where we did a lot of individual type work with the guys. Each player would go with a different coach, uh, on the week or depending on what we wanted them to work on, and we would just kind of rotate. So that was the first uh, kind of chunk of our offseason. The second four weeks, we really started putting in our concepts, uh, started working on some offense, and really a lot of that time was dedicated to our defense. Really felt if we have any chance this year, and I think we have a team that's set up to be much better on that end because we're long. We have good length. Uh, I think we have uh, good physicality with this group, and that's where it starts. Uh, so that was where we put a lot of those concepts in. And then our guys had about three weeks uh, after that second summer session, beginning of August, all the way up until I believe the 23rd is when the semester started. And since we've been back, um, you know, it's really been team competitive, still only four hours, uh, you know, so we, we're in our, with our sports science department, which is incredible that we have uh, what we do as far as the resources at Nebraska. And uh, so our sports scientists and myself, every week we will map out practice, what we want it to look like, have a high low day, low low, and really uh, try to mix the days um, and then gradually increase the workload as we as we go on. So we feel like we're in a really good place. And Friday, you get to put it all out there. And that's the exciting thing. I remember as a player, when we went out there back in our day, it was October 15th was the first day of practice. And we had no access to the coaching staff before that. So when we got in there, October 14th, or really at midnight on the 15th, is when we stepped on the floor for the first time and the fans were in the arena. So now you have this whole long buildup to what we're going to be able to do on Friday, and there'll be some butterflies. I mean, these guys will get out there. This their first time in PBA, uh, you know, to shoot. It's a totally different background, uh, and you get out there, and there'll be some a lot of adrenaline flowing uh, because of the fact that we get to get out there. We're going to have a hard practice Friday morning as well, so this okay. will really be kind of like a two-a-day type practice for us. Uh, but it is. It, there's an excitement with our guys, uh, you know, for what's in store to get out in front of our fans for the first time. Sam Hoiberg, Fred Hoiberg on a Tuesday night. And, again, if you haven't gotten your tickets, just go to Huskers.com. They're free. So you can 
get them now, get them on while they're available, and then show up Friday and, and engage. I have to be honest, after today's presser, I came back to the station and I walked in and I looked at Rico. And I have to be honest, the last two years, again, we've been doing post-game shows and it's tough. Yeah, tough for me telling you how tough it is. But, <laughs> but I walked in and said, okay, I'm just going to be present. Like, I'm going to let th- this thing show up whatever way it shows up. And I walked back here today and I said, doggone it, Fred, you got me again. You got me believing again. And I went, I came back and told Rico. I said, he was so angry. I don't know what you, I don't know what you <laughs> did. Like he, he was got so me. mad. Well, for me, because Sam's been talking about defense. He's been talking about defense, which as a, as a guy who played in a coach, you, I know that that's how I'm going to change a team quickest at the highest level is through defense. And so, but it hadn't been a conversation that was happening. And then all of a sudden today, I heard players, I heard coaches talk about, we, we're going to defend. And I went, doggone it, he got me. He got me. He got me back on the cool. Uh, I, you know, so what allows this team, this new roster, to be better defensively at a level that will help you be not only competitive but successful in the Big Ten Conference? Well, you know, let me start with this. When I met with my staff after the season, as we went into the recruiting time, you know, right after the season starts, that's a huge opportunity, obviously, for the portal. And you have all these guys going in there. And the biggest thing that I talked to our staff about was getting players uh, that came from winning programs that had played in the postseason and really trying to improve on our uh, positional size, uh, our length, and, uh, and and try to get some guys in here with some toughness. So um, we, we were very fortunate to get who we did, and that started with Sam Greasel. And, you know, Sam has been a flat-out winner uh, in his four years that he's played at North Dakota State. He's been in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I was talking to his dad yesterday, and, uh, you know, they played – a couple of years ago against the Duke team with Zion. It was a four-point game at halftime. But, you know, Duke went out to pull it out, um, you know, pulled away at the end. But, you know, he played in on the big stage, and that's that's important. Juwan Gary won an SEC championship at Alabama, uh, played on a team that went to the Sweet 16. Uh, you look at what Emmanuel, uh, Emmanuel Bandamel has done over the course of his career with playing in two uh, postseasons. Um, you know, has been a back-to-back double-digit scorer on a very good team. Uh, all three of those guys have great leadership. Uh, that's important when you're trying to put in uh, your philosophies on both ends of the floor, probably most importantly defensively. Um, you know, these guys have done a phenomenal job of building great chemistry. Sam's been huge in that. You know, he's put together a lot of, um, you know, gatherings for these guys to hang out together. That's important. Uh, knowing, uh, you know, that you genuinely have a, a care factor for the other guy that's on the floor so a lot of the things that we've done you know as far as adding the type of players that we did with the size and then also um you know the length and the toughness that this group has we missed wilhelm a lot last year mm-hmm. you know he, he was a huge part we missed trey last year obviously for what he did he's one of the best perimeter defenders was one of the best perimeter defenders in the league you see what he did when he got back on the floor uh you know we never did get to see wilhelm but he was able to work on his body uh, which was what one thing that he really needed to do. He's been phenomenal since he's been here. So when you look at those guys, you know, Manuel, Sam will tell you, you know, they've played against each other, guarded each other in practice. He's picking up full. I mean, he's in right in your shorts. Denham Dawson is a guy that we had in our program last year, uh, but he gives us, uh, I, I would say, an elite perimeter 
defensive presence out there on the floor, deflections. He's got the most deflections on our team uh, that we've charted uh, really since we went back to the summer. So, you know, I think that's a big thing is where we started it. Um, you know, we've changed a little bit on, on what we're doing out there. Uh, you know, but the biggest thing I think that will be a better defensive team is because we have positional size across the board. When you got six seven with Greasel, you got six five with Bandamel, uh, you got a six seven Gary. CJ's really improved his body; he's moving a lot better. Uh, you know, his commitment to dropping fifteen pounds. I think what he needed to do. He's a much different person this year. Um, you know, on both ends of the floor. You know, getting Wilhelm back and then Blaze. You know, Blaze has, has been terrific. I know Sam's talked about him a lot on this show. Um, you know, you don't get a big guy like that that's going to lead your team in charges very often. They go after everything. But Blaze, he gets himself in position, he gets his feet set, and he's drawing charges. And he's pissing the other guys off because he's stepping in there. Constant. charges. They don't like it. But you know what? It's winning plays. It's sacrificing your body. And, you know, he's just uh, – he's been terrific on, on that end of the floor for us. Sam, you're part of the, the returning crew, even being around the program, understanding the philosophies that are that are in play. Um, being a practice player that quite frankly has to send the message like whether you plan on being a leader in this program you are like it's an understanding it's a basic thing rebounding is the second box to check so it's defense and rebounding you get to be a part of this thing like you've even talked about look I got to be a better rebounder even in practice because I can force this thing how are you going to be better on the boards Big Ten rebounding is its own beast yeah, I mean, one thing Coach Nate really likes to talk about is rebound area, which is, I mean, the biggest thing for rebound area is boxing out. So you got to find a guy and push him out as far as possible. That He says it's the the space from the rim to your nose. So that's as, if you can create as much space as possible, that's where you can get the rebounds. And I think that's one thing I've done is I'm always looking to find guys to box out and then get as much space as possible and just use my strength because I'm as strong as these guys, maybe not as tall, but if I can push them out far enough, they won't be able to just reach over me and grab a ball. So it's been there. I mean, coach, this is this has been the conversation since you arrived, and it's okay. Big Ten rebounding is its own thing. Bringing in Blaze, uh, Derek staying an extra year, getting Brydenback back, getting longer defenders at every at every spot on the floor. Will it be purposeful? Do you concede some offense to be a better defending rebounding team? Well, I, you know, and, and the, one of the biggest keys, in my opinion, will be Greasel in, in that. You know, some of my best teams at Iowa State were with George Niang at the five, but we had DeAndre Kane at the one, who was 6'6", six, six, and then you had Dustin Hogue at the three, who was 6'6", six, six, and just a junkyard dog. He actually reminds me a lot of Juwan, mm-hmm. uh, not only the way he plays, but the way he looks. I mean, he's got the same mannerisms as, uh, uh, <clears throat> as Dustin, and Dustin's one of the best winners uh, that I've had. Emmanuel's a good rebounder. So you've got guys across the board that can help in that area. Uh, offensive rebounding, we're going to have a different philosophy this year because I think we're going to be a much better um, opportunistic offensive rebounding team. Uh, Jawan, as Sam will tell you, is absolutely relentless going after the ball. Blaze will just elbow in the back of the head. And then, you know, when they turn around and look, he'll, smi- he'll have a smile. That'll face. be the clip that every Husker fan wants to hear. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> just a big fit, and he yeah. doesn't care. I mean, he's just throwing his body around out there. Uh, Denim goes after every ball. So we've got guys on this team that just, again, positional. When you have the length across the board, uh, that really helps you in that area of finishing off the possession, which obviously we were very poor in that category a year ago. I give you credit for, for how honest you've been about the program. Like, that's the thing that gives me hope. 
because a coach that's honest, I, I can work with. Like I can support and cheer and go, okay, at least we do that. It was it was it was interesting to me to hear you talk offensively about some changes, not specifics, but for folks who understand the basic level of what you're doing offensively, it means uh, less one-on-one ball and more pass ball sharing. Um, you were asked a question today at the presser about what defines too much passing, too, one too many passes. How will the informed Husker basketball fan describe this offense when he sees it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a very unselfish team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the thing that we've really preached with this group. Uh, you know, last year when we really got it going at the end of the year, when our offense really started to click, we run a lot of handoffs into misdirection type ball screen actions. And Alonzo, you know, say say what you want, he was he was unbelievable down the offensively down the stretch. I mean, he talent. really had it had it going. Bryce got much better as the season went on. Um, you know, and was a leading freshman scorer in the country. But um, you know there was too much ball stoppage mm-hmm. uh, on the floor. So we really wanted to change some things. You know, I went back and looked at all the different things that I've run over the course of my career, which has been, you know, I've got my staples, but I've run different things depending on the type of talent that I've had on the floor. I ran different things in Chicago, you know, when I had an older team than when, when I brought in a, a group of young guys. So the offense that I've put in is a lot of the things that we ran with some of those younger teams in Chicago. And, you know, it really does promote ball movement. Uh, you know, this team has made the extra pass sometimes to a fault. Um, you know, we've done a better job of playing under control. When Blaze comes outside that lane early, we were trying to challenge and go around him, and that's where he was drawing all those charges, mm-hmm. playing off two feet, you know, reverse pivot, getting that thing kicked out, and that's where we have uh, that pull-behind action uh, on the drive. And we're doing a better job of making those simple plays as opposed to trying to hit home runs, and our turnovers have gone down as we've gone on. So, uh, you know, to me, what defines that as far as offense, um, you know, it's just making the right play, making the simple play. You know, you don't have to hit home runs, hit singles. And, you know, when the defense is in there, don't split, make the simple play, you know. And, and then, you know, our offense is really designed to try to draw two to the ball. And if you have the floor space properly, you're going to get something accomplished. You're going to get a good quality shot. Hopefully it goes in. You know, they're not all going to go in, but if you take a good quality, high percentage shot, that's what we're looking for. That, that's been the thing. I mean, even last year that there were some games where it looked like the right shot and it should have gone down and it didn't, and you yeah. go through that. Um, but it, it it's great to look forward to. So what we'll do, we'll go to break. When we come back, I'm going to get out of the way and let Sam ask the first question to his dad and get out of the way of that, and then I'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about this offense and this roster with four returning lettermen and just a bunch of veterans. While it's a new roster, it's not an inexperienced roster, and I don't want to confuse the two. We'll do that when we come back to Ticket Week Nights.